The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from absolutely incredibly gorgeous, but quite chilly, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's always so beautiful here. I wish all of you could experience what we have right now. You know, I have to thank Voice America for something. I have realized lately that I have developed a real passion for this radio show. Uh, I didn't expect to. I just thought it was something that was really worthwhile and that I possibly could help people. But I find myself looking forward to it more and more every week, mainly because I meet such fascinating, accomplished interesting people and now more and more all around the world it it's an honor and it's exciting and i love doing it uh, if you want a radio show i would call voice america first because they have the people in the, on their staff that can help make it happen um you know i sit here in my living room talking into my computer and I am talking with people in this country and in England and New Zealand and coming up, we're going to be in Australia and I don't have to leave my living room. How cool is that? We haven't talked about my kids much before. I have two sons and I have three grandsons and each one of them is so incredibly different from the others. Um, I mean, they're, they're nothing alike. And as almost every parent in the world, I have wished that they came with a manual strapped to their leg at birth. Because sometimes I absolutely didn't have a clue what to do. And I think most parents can identify with that. I tend to go with the love them with all you've got, keep them safe, and let them grow philosophy. My former husband believed in total control. He seemed to think that he owned them. Um, he wanted to be sort of the drill sergeant all the time and pretty much was. We didn't agree on much of anything. I remember, I think, I think it's illustrated most by one, one trip to a restaurant. The kids were really fairly small. Um, the oldest one could read a menu and tell the other one what what to get. And I gave them menus and had them look, and my husband immediately took them away and said they are not able to make decisions yet, and he would order for them what they should eat. And my response was, how do they ever learn to order from a menu or decide what they want to eat if we don't let them start doing that? Um, I didn't get an answer, but he ordered their food which they predictably did not eat. Anyway, we learn by those things, but we don't have anything that guides us. It was an interesting journey. I read Dr. Spock. I read everything I could get my hands on about parenting, looking for help. I really wanted to do it right. 
But when you start reading a lot of books, they don't agree either, especially when it comes to matters like discipline, um, some of the emotional issues. There's just incredible diversity and you know, you have to pick and choose and try to decide what works for one child and what works for the other child because what one says might help you with one child, but it won't even touch it with the other one. Children are wonderful. Um, sometimes we parents need a little help to figure it out. Today's guest, though, has what I call a parenting manual. It is and it isn't. But it's one of the best I've ever read. I wish I had had it earlier when my kids were little. Betsy Thompson's been our guest before, and it's absolutely wonderful to have her back. Uh, she's a writer with a passion for communicating spiritual concepts. And this is a spiritual manual, if you will, for working with children. A Philadelphia native with a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the University of Pennsylvania, Betsy's worked as an account executive for several Philadelphia radio stations and as a commercial print model appearing in television commercials. This is you know, back east. Um, after moving to California, she struggled and nearly became homeless, and a lot of people can identify with that today. After she recognized her tendency to blame everybody else for her problems, she decided to become accountable instead, and she began to recover. It was a process of learning that each person she dealt with had been an opportunity to know herself better and to gain inner wisdom. After her turnaround, she worked for the next 18 years and as executive assistant to an entertainment executive in the film industry. Betsy retired in 2005 and is now writing full-time. She's dedicated to awakening people to the ideas that changed her life. And I want you to listen carefully because I think she just might have some ideas that will change yours as well. Betsy, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. It's so good to have you back. Oh, thank you, Irene, and thank you for such a lovely introduction. It was just beautiful. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. You know a little bit more about me and, and my parenting. You know, my kids turned out great, but you know, it was iffy for a while whether any of us would survive. <laughs> well, we all go through that. I, have, I certainly thought that uh, I could have benefited for this book from this book too but you know I have to trust that everything is in perfect order and um, I had to to go through what I went through in order to be receptive to these ideas eventually so I totally agree with that and I would not have bought into some of the things I buy into now back then but I did know then that children really needed to be loved as much as or more than anything and I was Absolutely dedicated to doing that. I still just adore my children. Um, I don't it's a think you can go too far wrong if you love your children. I mean, as long as you're loving them um, for who they are and what they can do, uh, you can't go too far wrong. Can't go too far wrong. And you've written this wonderful book called Love Parent. Uh, how did you come to write Love Parent, Betsy? Well, actually, Love Parent is the first book uh, that I wrote after I acknowledged that I had this gift of being able to speak with spirit. And uh, I was talking to a dear friend of mine who was having 
some parenting issues, and I had some parenting issues, too, because my first child, I had German measles with him when I was pregnant, and he was born mm. with a lot of physical problems. And uh, there, there's lots of issues that come up when that happens, and I, I had... I certainly could have used some guidance and had many questions, and so I started asking questions of spirit, and this is a book that, that formulated. I had no idea it would be so comprehensive, covering so many issues of child-rearing, um, but I was delighted, and uh, this, is, this is the result of that, and, uh, and it answered all the questions I had, and, and um, so now I'm sharing the ideas. Let's talk a little bit about how you talk with spirit in such a way that a, a book comes through. There are a number of people who does do who do that, and each one gets the information, the messages in a little bit different way. How do you recognize that this is spirit talking to you? Um, well, you know, I think that everything comes differently for people because we are such individuals and we have our own special gift and our own special way of, of relaying what is being told to us. And so I can't really tell you how it happens except that I ask a question and I hear the answer. And I don't, um, I've tried to explain this in the introduction of my next book uh, because a lot of people are curious about it. And I can only say that I don't think it's any different in a way from the painter who has the vision inside or the musician, for instance, has, has here's a melody. Where does that melody come from? Where do those notes come from? So I don't think it's really any different. It's just that this is the gift I came here to share, and the musician has another gift to share a different way. But I think it's all inspired through this wonderful energy and this wonderful source that runs through all of us. And uh, we all have our own individual way of sharing our hearts with others. Yes, we do, and and we have to trust that. Yeah. Let me ask you another question about it, if it's all right. Sure. Uh, how can you tell the difference between your own thoughts and voice and that of spirit? Well, I think that if you remember that spirit is always coming from a point of view, uh, uh, spirit feels that we are all godly energy. Uh, and that everybody is godly energy. There's not anybody who's more godly energy than another person, and that includes our children. Uh, the, the, we are all the, we all come from the same source, and so spirit is always talking about solutions that benefit everyone, not solutions that benefit one person or another person, but solutions that are that work for everyone. Because the, the spirit always wants you to wants everyone to be loved in whatever is happening, and so if you got, are getting messages. Um, well, that person, you, you know, that person doesn't deserve your love because such and such and such. That isn't a message. That's spirit. not spirit. No, that's not spirit. Spirit is always giving you a message that is that is makes you feel wonderful. That makes you feel excited to be alive. Uh, that inspires you in some way to to love somebody else in, in a way that you hadn't thought you might be able to, or to forgive in a way because you didn't that you didn't think you could forgive. Because that's, I believe, what a miracle is all about. When you find love where you didn't think love could be found. Absolutely. Do do you ever get a message and you think, do you want me to say that? <laughs> Does that ever come through? Um, I sometimes uh, get a message where I think to myself, is there a more loving way we can say that uh, that I'm that I think that that it, I haven't heard as clearly as I could hear? Uh, or um, I sometimes when I first started writing and I was writing my first book, I was amazed at some of the ideas that I was hearing, and so what I said to myself was. You know, I don't have to share this with anybody if I don't want to. And when I said that to myself, I sort of gave myself the freedom 
to let the answers be what they were and not worry about it. Uh, because I didn't have to share it with anybody but myself. And then after a while, I realized that if I was loved by an answer, that other people would be loved by an answer, too. That, that's, that's a lovely, interesting thought. So let's talk about love parenting. It's not a new book, but um, it's still readily available, isn't it? Yes, it's just come out in uh, an e-books. Um, I, I edited it and shortened it and made the ideas clear and then put it up on ebook. So it's now available through Amazon and Smashwords. And if you don't have an ebook, you can buy it uh, through PayPal from my website. Oh, that's good. And, it, you know, if you want to get it on Kindle, you can get a Kindle download for your PC. Right. And that's free. So you can, can download it and read it right on your computer. Um, and, and it's an easy way to do it. it. It's an easy read. And yet it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating, and you need to give yourself some time to sit and reflect with, on some of the thoughts that um, you're reading because it's different yeah. from any other approach to parenting that you might read. Yeah. Well, Let's talk a little about your approach to well, parenting. It, it or... sort of comes from spirits, you know, from, to let you see from spirits' point of view what, what is going on. Uh, you know, you know what this new birthing energy is looking for once it gets here, and uh, so it's um, it's always about um, urging you to take a positive approach instead of a negative approach because the child has just come up from a place where uh, it's you know just pure, beautiful, loving energy and positivity, and so they're going to respond to positivity more than they are negativity. So it's always about saying to your child. This is what you can do. This is what you can do. Not what this is what this. Not you can't do this and you can't do that. They're never going to respond well to that. And everybody, anyone who has children, know how true that is. They do not respond to you can't do this and you can't do that. But if, no. if you tell them this is what you can do, they get all excited about what they can do. So it's uh, it's about taking that that different that different kind of perspective and also remembering that um, this new birthing energy is a little individual. And uh, that it has come here with its own view of what it life, its life uh, needs to be, and it has its own goals and its own perspective on what this journey is about. And it's about respecting that energy and uh, remembering that it's very wise when it first gets here. It may not be able to articulate that wisdom, but it is very wise when it gets here because it has just come from a place of all-knowing. Ah, and we're going to take this time to go to our first break and come back and expand on that thought when we resume. This is Irene Conlon with The Self-Improvement Show and my guest Betsy Thompson saying please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. 
World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Betsy Thompson. We're talking about children being born and having that, still having that all-knowing energy. Um, and I wish you could hear some of the things we discussed during the break because breaks are always a lot of fun and very informative. We were talking about this, uh, how we forget after we're here. But Betsy says that they do come knowing some things. Let's talk a little more about that. Share that thought with the audience, Betsy. Well, I think that the, that, the energy, that the energy who's coming into this game called humanness uh, knows exactly what it needs in, ter- in terms of growth. So it comes here knowing exactly what its challenges are going to be. Uh, and it has chosen its parents for that reason because it believes that the parents will give it the challenges that it believes will help it to learn to love and release and to move on. And so, therefore, these challenges are not to be avoided. They're to be welcomed because the child wants to have them. And so it, it, when, they, when this child has planned its journey pretty much in terms of what it wants to find while it's here, and so it isn't about looking at children who come in, like into families that are, that are cruel or, or it comes here with a handicap or whatever. It isn't about pity. It's about respect because that is what that energy believed would give its journey the impetus it needed. And so it isn't about, um, it's about honoring that energy, whatever it has chosen, and to listen to it when it's young, because children pretty soon show you what they're interested in and what they aren't interested in. And all you, you don't have to guide them so much as to honor what they already know they want to do. And I think you only run into tr- to problems and to rebellion when you have an idea of what you think your children should be doing and it isn't their idea of what they came here to do. Exactly. Now we're assuming several things. We're assuming that people understand the concept that we choose our parents. The child doesn't just sort of happen to be like they are just because two of us got together. Right. No, there, there's a plan. Yeah, well, you mean, compare, compare it to the fact that when you go on a vacation, you plan where you're going to go, what you're going to do while there, how long you're going to be there, uh, what you need to take with you while you're there. So why wouldn't energy be planning just as carefully as it's coming into this life uh, experience in, in the human game? 
I mean, it's a great question. It's, playing this, I, you know, it's paying attention to the details because uh, this is a journey that is important to that energy or it wouldn't be coming. Exactly. I think of the story that Carolyn Mace tells, and right now I can't think of what of her works she put this in, but I read it in, in something that she has written about how the soul group goes through together and, you know, they'll get together and choose their next time on the planet. And one, for instance, said, you know what, I'd like to come in deaf and blind. And then they all chose their role around this. And so we had Helen Keller and we had her teacher and her parents. And, you know, and it was just a fascinating story. Yes, well, you know, I have, I have that, um, that, that imaginary thing in my head, too. And I, I, the way I see it is, that we're all at, when we're all not in humanness, we're in spirit, and we're thinking, well, you know, I, I could use a journey where I would learn something. I think if I came here and, and had a challenge, this particular challenge, that I could really expand my energy and, and grow. And so then somebody who loves you very much jumps in and says, well, well, I can give you that challenge, you know, because I need to learn something from that too. And so that's, I believe that's exactly how it happens, and the people who join you are the people who have something to learn from being with you and you being from them. And then after we leave here, uh, we, we all join up again, and, and somebody says to me, well, how did that challenge work that I gave you? And then I say, oh, it worked really great. I learned yeah. everything I wanted to learn, or, 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 or I forgot what the challenge was all about, and I didn't do too well, so maybe I'll have to take that challenge again. So I think that oh. you know, we're, we're all here to help each other, and I think the people who give us the biggest challenges of all are the ones who love us the most, because who else would care? that we grow, uh, except those who really love us the most. Oh, that's such a nice concept. Um, let's go back to the book a little bit, um, getting over that hurdle of children choosing their parents. And, you know, as, as I look back on my life, I'm thinking, why did I choose those two? Yeah. But it's really very clear to me. You know, if I really want to get serious about it, I can understand because I wouldn't be where I am now without the challenges these two particular people gave me. Um, and it, it's been quite an interesting journey. Why is this book, Love Parent, important for parents to read? Well, I think it's important because uh, it's reminding you what's really uh, value about, about this journey. It's about, first of all, I believe that the universe uh, works through um, balance. Uh, whatever you give to other people, you receive. Um, so it's not about, you can't, for, for instance, you can't spend the whole morning uh, berating your children, uh, punishing your children, uh, criticizing your children, and then go out into the world and think you're going to receive something else. Because what you put out there, whether you put it out towards your children or another person, you're going to receive. And so this whole, the, the idea is to give your children what you want to receive. Give them the respect that you want to receive. Give them the honor, the uh, respecting their individuality that you want to receive. Uh, remember, teaching your children um, to be responsible adults, uh, responsible for what they do. I think that's a theme that runs through a lot of my work. Uh, being responsible, and I think you can teach your children this idea. As, as soon as they're old enough to make a decision, they're old enough to realize the results of that decision. And the sooner they learn that, the more 
easy life they're going to have, um, the more they'll take responsibility for what they do and the less they will blame others. And blame is not a good idea to get involved with. <laughs> no, blame, blame is not a, a good place to be. No. And what does the subtitle mean? Your subtitle is how to be the parents you hope to be. You know, it means that if you want to teach your children to be considerate, helpful, tolerant, and compassionate human, be- human beings, you have to be that person to your child. They learn through example, not through words. They don't, they don't hear the words so much as, as they see what you're living, uh, and they follow what you're living. Oh, that is so true. But this book isn't just for parents, is it? No, it comes down to the basic idea that whatever is good for a child is good for the adult. So, for instance, if your child thrives on being told they're enough, they're lovable, and they're acceptable, then adults thrive on being told the same thing. And, and if children thrive on taking responsibility as soon as they're old enough to know the consequences of their actions, then adults thrive on the same principle. So it's really, it's also about parenting oneself. You know, I've had people tell me who don't have any children at all that they loved reading this book because it reminded them of, of you know, why they chose their parents or why they, uh, what the challenge was for them, and uh, they could see that their parents had a challenge that, too that from choosing them as their children. And so it's always about... I mean, we're here, well, this journey is about uh, how we can grow and love and how our hearts can expand. And so everything, every challenge we meet up with and we face is about that. And if we can remember that one idea, it really helps us through a lot of things because the, the problems are, are usually all resolved as soon as we uh, find the love that the problem has given us or we find the person who needs love that we aren't giving it to, um, that, then the problem usually resolves. You, know, you you say this so clearly in, in a sentence um, that I marked for my own benefit, and you said, and I know you'll know exactly where this is, each soul understands the particular journey it's on, and each soul understands the goal behind its choice. Look for your reward and your excitement to be involved. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, this... When, I, I just really believe that we all know exactly what, why we're here, and we just have to listen to ourselves. I mean, but along the way, we have challenges. You know, people telling us what they think we should do, and this is what they this is what they agreed to do for us. So it isn't like a curse. It's like they said they would do this before we got here, and so now they're doing what they promised. Exactly, what, they're doing what they promised we they would do, and it is up to us to realize that this is just a test for us. Uh, a, a, a challenge for us to remember to honor self, to remember that we know intrinsically and basically inside of our heart where we need to be and what we need to be doing, and we just have to have the courage to follow that path. Because once you do, I mean, my whole life turned around when I when I finally acknowledged this gift. I had to live almost 50 years before I did, but when I did, everything turned around in my life because I was suddenly doing what I came here to do. And, uh, and, and, and I started taking responsibility instead of blaming everyone else. Then, and I, then, of course, I attracted people to me who were taking responsibility instead of attracting to myself a bunch of blamers. Exactly. Now, I love the, th- the concept of let your reward in your excitement, look for your reward in your excitement to be involved. And, and, and excitement here saying a number of other things to me. You know, when your children are really excited about something, then help them do it. Yeah. Don't say, oh, you can't do that. 
Yeah, I remember when I, I wanted to, well, this is, I was older at this point, and I wanted to write a book. I was married. My mother-in-law said, you can't do that. And I'm thinking, maybe she's right. Maybe I can't. But I did. You know, I thought, no, no, I can do this. This is something I, I want to do. Yeah, what but, she's really know. saying was, I can't do that. Yeah. And That's- we say that to our children. Oh, you can't do that. You, you don't have the whatever. I remember my youngest when he was like five or six. He was really, he was pretty little. And that's when the, we won the hockey, uh, I won hockey in the Olympics. And he decided he wanted to play hockey, and I said, but you don't know how to skate. And there was a hockey camp coming along, and it was going to start in like a month. And he wanted to do that. And I said, well, honey, you have to know how to skate. If you'll take me, I'll learn, he said. I can do this. So we took we took skating lessons, and we got him on in the hockey camp. And he played hockey for a number of years, and I will never forget that. Because the child said he could, and the child did it. Right. Well, the child knew. Child the knew child it. knew. Yeah. And with that thought, we're going to go to our second break. Uh, we'll come back with more of Betsy Thompson in a few minutes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness is delighted to finally have the opportunity to fulfill the requests of our many guests and listeners to extend the Mind, Brain, and Body experience to a second hour. Tune in for The Lyceum, Critiques of Ancient and Modern Understanding with Dr. Michael Kell. The purpose of this show is to explore and expand upon mankind's continual efforts to explain why we exist. Join us each week as we continue our fireside chats with some of the most remarkable thinkers living today. The Lyceum airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Betsy Thompson. We're talking about her book, Love Parent. One of the things that parents are concerned about is discipline, but I want to talk about discipline from a little different point of view. You say in your book, 
Children don't develop discipline. We're talking about self-discipline here. For the sake of anyone else, they develop discipline for their own sake. If you try to uh, regimen his life around your interests and your priorities while disregarding his, he learns about resentment. To teach him the value of focus is to demonstrate what focus has done for you. Talk a little bit about that, Betsy. Well, I, I, I think that another name for discipline is focus love because... Um, Focus is is what the child learns independently, not what it learns about parental demands. So the child hopes to grow and participate in pleasurable activities, and he won't if he's forced to join what his parents think is important. Um, If he's allowed to expand a talent, for instance, that he believes in, the parents won't have to force this child to practice because his enthusiasm will keep him focused. So, and Are you talking about piano lessons? And any, that sort anything, of thing? anything. <laughs> that the, you know, anything. If a child is interested, it, he will do it on his own. He won't need to be forced to do it. And um, I think that you know, discipline is also around the idea of rules and regulations. Uh, but when you have them, there has to be a payoff for the child, because unless there's a payoff for the child, they aren't receptive. And um, and they aren't. If there's no payoff, he, the child isn't learning about focus. They're learning about tyranny. Exactly. So I think it's. Um, I mean, you know, discipline is about the child making time in his life for what is personally important, not about making time for what is personally important to you. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about that aspect of discipline. That's really should be called punishment. How do you deal with behavior that's not acceptable to you? Well, first of all, um, if a child is rebelling, um, children don't rebel unless there's something to rebel against. And, and so you have to ask yourself what the child is really rebelling against if they're, if they're undisciplined. I mean, sometimes it's about getting your attention. And if they can't get your attention by being good... They'll do whatever they need to do to get your attention. And exactly. if they only get your attention from misbehaving uh, and you keep giving them attention for their misbehavior, you can count on that misbehavior growing. So, I mean, it, oh, absolutely. So yeah. It's really about remembering, um, you know, discipline sometimes has a lot to do with uh, trying to make sure that your children remain safe and don't get injured. And so then it's about... Um, about how you tell your children when something is unsafe, and you have to come from a point of view where you make the safe more appealing than the unsafe. Uh, you make the safe choice more appealing. I mean, for instance, if you if a child is is watching his older brother jump off a ten foot wall and wants to jump off a wall, it's it's not about telling the child they can't do it because that's the first. That's the that's the incentive a child needs to try it anyway. Yeah, but but, but, if, but if you tell them, you know, it isn't their it isn't their judgment that you're worried about. It's just the circumstances that you're worried about. Uh, that you respect their desire to jump off the wall, and then you give them a two foot wall to jump off, so that they're sure to have success. Um, it's it, it's like starting, you know, teaching the child that you start with the first step, and then you go to the second step, and then you go to the third step. It's not about saying no, you can't do it. Don't you think for many parents it's easier to say, no, don't do that, than spend the time showing your child what they can do? It, it, may, be, it may take less time the first time. Yeah. <laughs> After that, it, it, it just gets harder and harder and harder and takes more and more time because the child starts to rebel. Unless you ignore them altogether and let them just go their own way. 
Well, that's Which, not, that's, I mean, the child, you know, if the child, in some ways a child wants to be disciplined because they want to be reassured that you do love them. That you do love them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about, it's about remembering that when your child is undisciplined and, and, and getting into trouble, it's about asking yourself, if this were, if I were the person who is undisciplined and in trouble, what is it that I want from the other person? You know, what do I want them to be giving me that they aren't giving me? And then figure it out for yourself and then give it to your child. Because, you know, everyone is really you anyway. Uh, we, are, we, all, we all live in oneness even if we don't realize that we are one because now we're all living in separate bodies. But everyone who faces you is your mirror in some way. So your children come here as a mirror in some way of you, and uh, they mirror you and you mirror them. And so if you figure what, out what you need in that situation, you've already figured out what your children need. They'll let you know if that's not the right thing. You know, if you've guessed wrong, yes, they will. They'll they'll let you know in some way. Yeah, that you're a little bit off the mark. I love this this line from your book, and you can expand on it. Uh, what good is it to offer a person a trip around the world if he really what he really wants is a visit to the park? Yeah. Well, that's that's about giving your child what <laughs> what you think you'd want instead of what the child wants. Uh, you know, I, as you said before, which I loved, Irene, every child is completely and utterly different, and all of their ideas of pleasure are completely different, too, <clears throat> because I have a relative whose idea of pleasure is to travel all around the world. My idea of pleasure is to stay right in my office and write. And exactly. The, so you can't, uh, you can't, you know, define what your pleasures for your children will be. They, they, they know what they're, they come here knowing what, what, pleasure means to them, and so they're going to be seeking it. Um, you know, I, I, it makes me think of the question, and I, it's a, a joke that's been around forever. The, the child says, Mama, where did I come from? And Mama gives the big explanation of sex, and the kid said, I just wanted to know, was I from Philadelphia or Pittsburgh? <laughs> <You know. laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you, you also say something that um, I, I think needs to be explained a little bit, and that is if they cause trouble in the family, they should leave. Yes. I think now, this is what kind of ages are we talking about here? Yeah, that's what? really relevant when, the, when they're teenagers. And, um, and, and usually sometimes this happens in, in the eye when step, you know, there's step-parenting involved and and um, children are, are moving into a completely new idea where all the rules change, and and uh, and they and they misbehave because they're not happy about um, the new unit. And uh, when when the, when there's a step parenting step parenting issue, and two new, two families get together to form one unit, the the one idea the parents have to remember always is that to make decisions around the preservation of the unit. The unit has to be honored. And if there's one person, one child who's disruptive, then they have to be sh- they have to be told, and I don't mean yelled at and screamed at and punished, but they have to explain that, that that the whole unit is what has to stay healthy now. And if there's one person who's disruptive all the time, uh, or they're on drugs, or they're or they're on alcohol, or something like that, that they have to be told that they can't be a productive part of the unit. They're going to have to leave. And I think that most children, when they're told that, um, and and you have to. You have to explain that you really mean it. And it may sound cruel that your child would be out in the cold for one night, but it's better to be out in the cold one night than to be out in the cold a lifetime. 
And so you, you need to teach your child that, you know, when you're a part of a group, then you have to every, you have to honor every member in the group. And this is a lesson that you take with you as, you know, when you live your whole life. And you might it as is well, a life lesson. Yeah, and you might as well learn it in the home because it's the safest place to learn it. But I, hopefully you'll teach your children before they come to that crisis uh, that, you know, you teach them when they're young they're, that they're a part of the unit and they're a responsible part of the unit. I thought I thought the work you did with teens was remarkable. I thought it was incredibly sensitive, um, very insightful, and anybody who has a teen or a preteen could really benefit from reading the book. The teens have a rough rough road to hoe now with all the impact they have from so many different means of communication and influence that are outside the family. Yeah. It's um, yeah. really a challenge. It is a challenge because ideas are out there for anyone who wants them, and no matter what you do to protect your children, they're going to test whatever they're determined to test, and you can't stop them. Uh, the only thing They you have do, to. That's what they're about. Yeah, I mean, you have to make them responsible for their choices. That's what you have to do because the teenager that makes a decision to get back at you is not going to want to change that decision and make you right. The teenager who makes a decision from a responsible position, being told by from the parent that you're responsible for the choices you make and the choices you make will have consequences, so make sure you're willing to live the consequences. When the child knows that, that they're making a decision from an autonomous position, they're able to change their position from an autonomous know, They're able to be autonomous and change their position. Uh, and I think that this is the idea that runs through all my work about teaching children responsibility. And um, this is another, you know, this is another uh, act in, the, in that play. Uh, hopefully, your children have learned to take responsibility younger than when they're teenagers because if they have, then they will be ready to make a choice uh, for themselves and know that they are the ones who have to, pay, you know, take the consequences for whatever happens. And they can do it. You know, I look at my grandson, who's seven. He's in the second grade. We really didn't push him to do this, but my son was very gentle with him and sort of guided him around. He comes from, he gets off the bus in front of the house, comes in. He plays a video game until a certain time. And it's interesting, nobody told him what time he needs to start doing his homework. He sets his own time. He reads for 30 minutes. He does his homework, and when he's finished, then he can play. Now, we didn't make him do this. And it's interesting to me that he takes the responsibility for it himself because he loves the positive consequences he gets at school and from all of us who are saying, fantastic, you you, you did it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, I think that there's uh, things going on in the school system today that aren't, healthy in that way uh, in that they aren't uh, teaching the child to take responsibility because, um, and, and you, you as a parent, uh, you know, need to remember that um, if you organize your child's time and insist on reviewing the work, grade the papers before they're be even handed in, um, try to shame the child into working harder, uh, you're not birthing an overachiever, you're birthing an underachiever. Right. That's what you're really telling the child is the child isn't capable of, of organizing his own time. And so the, when you allow them to organize their own time and tell them they are in charge, 
of, you know, their hours and their homework and their recreation, they'll choose wisely for themselves. They always will. And it's wonderful to watch it. And now we're going to go to our very last break. We'll be back with more with Betsy Thompson in just a moment. Stay tuned for more of the Self-Improvement Show. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. are tuned in to the self-improvement show with your host dr irene conlon got a question for irene or her guests call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612 connect with irene via email our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com now let's get back to the self-improvement show here again is dr irene conlon Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Betsy Thompson, uh, author of a number of books. The one we're talking about today is Love Parent. Uh, we've been talking about some of the concepts in the book, but I'd really like you, for you to give us an overview, Betsy, of some of the other chapters in the book. Some, you know, Just give us a, a, well, what I said, an overview. Let me be quiet and let you talk. Okay, well, it's, it's, it starts really actually with the idea of whether you want children or not, which is, uh, blew me away when that first chapter was, uh, came because it never, wasn't something I, I even thought about. Um, and, uh, then it goes, takes you through conception and the new idea, the way the child chooses its own genes and its own journey, um, its first communication, uh, forming how it forms its ideas, eating habits, and then it goes into sibling rivalry and why it happens and, how, how, how sharing has to be, um, you have to show how sharing is profitable so your child will enjoy the sharing process. Uh, discovering the body and remembering that if, they, if every sensation the body uh, offers wasn't wanted, we wouldn't have them. And uh, the questioning child, danger, fear, discipline, we went over those things, um, ridicule from others, uh, the idea of allowance and chores and the benefits of them, homework, Social and artistic achievement, then that goes into adolescence and how they, their peer group temptations come up. 
And then when there's uh, two careers in a family and parenting and remembering that the children don't suffer from anything except for a lack of love. and uh, that's, <laughs> that's a nice concept. Step parenting and then adoption and how adoption is just uh, agreeing to meet a different way. Uh, but you still find the people you want to find. And then actually the divorce and how to remember it's about release and forgiveness and uh, remembering that your children... Uh, the only thing that they're really worried about is uh, a loss, and so you have to make sure that they don't suffer any loss and uh, the, or the loss of the people who love them the most. And then the spiritual training about teaching your children, uh, showing your children how you enjoy life and the, and the spiritual ideas that are important to you and by living those spiritual ideas because uh, if they don't see you benefiting from your ideas, they aren't going to think they're going to benefit from the ideas. Yes. The truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and and then independence. Remembering that um, the the best parent you can be is the parent who who raises children who can be independent. Let's talk a little bit about spiritual training because so many tell their children what they have to believe. How do you deal with that? Well, um, I mean, I think that you, you, your children are. This is another uh, instance where your children are going to believe what they see, not what they hear. Uh, so, you know, if you want your children, uh, if you can't figure out how to live an inspired life, you can't help your children live one. So you have to show them why your spiritual values are important and what those spiritual values are doing for your life. Because if they're making you a happier person, then, you're, then your children will listen. If they aren't making you happier, why would your children want to follow them? See, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Uh, and... I think more and more children now are being able to verbalize, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. And yeah. when they see... Right. I think that's what's happening. And they're having the courage to, um, to choose for themselves. Yeah. And, and also remembering that lamenting the world's moral fiber won't give your children spiritual values. It teaches them to blame others for everything that goes wrong. Oh, boy. That's a good point. Yeah. How do you go about, well, yeah, you already answered it. They see what you live. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they have a vested interest in seeing what works for you. If your faith is, is full of support, I mean, is it nourishing you? Is it, are you welcome all the people, all the, all the people who join it? Are strangers welcomed in your, into your spiritual faith? Um, so, I mean, are, is it bringing you lots of love and laughter yeah. and joyfulness in your life? Because, or, you know, <laughs> if you go around with a woe is me, fearful face, they're not going to buy into that. No. Do you think children are different now than they were when you were a child? I think that the, that uh, every generation is gaining courage and choosing for self. It seems to me that they're wired a little bit different. It's just interesting to me the way they can adapt so quickly to um, even things like technology. Well, we live in yeah, a different I world. I can't yeah. get it, but my grandson can teach me how. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the cho- that's the world they chose to come into. So <laughs> naturally, they're going to be adept at what they chose. Uh, it's just it's fascinating to me to to watch them these days. I mean, they're so bright, they're so alert, they're so tuned in to to all the equipment that's available to them. My son, my grandson taught me the other day how to play a game yeah. that I couldn't figure out. Well, now, what's really important to remember about this is because there's a lot of complaints from parents and from, from society in general that 
um, children are too involved in technology and there's not enough interaction. But you have to remember that, th that these children chose to have that challenge. And so it isn't, to them it isn't too much. It's the challenge they wanted. And um, that's my philosophy when it comes to anything that's going on in the world. That person chose to have that challenge, and so it's the perfect challenge for them. It wouldn't work for you because you chose another time to come. That's another and one. I didn't come in at this time. Right. Oh, I'm going out at this time. <laughs> but, but it seems that they even know how to regulate that. You know, I watch them coming and going, and you know, some of them are extremely involved and you can't tear them apart. Some of them get it, but they have other things that they have on their mind that they'd rather do. I mean, it's no different. You know, we had kids in my day that had their ears stuck in a radio all the time. That's okay. what we had. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and now they have all of these other things, you know. Some of them can't keep their fingers off the, the keypad of their phone to text, and some won't touch it. So it's just like anything else. It's yeah. individual differences. Yep. But it seems to me that they're a whole lot brighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed at what some of these children know and their insights into things. It seems they have, maybe it's just the kids that I'm around, but it seems that they have much deeper insights into themselves as spiritual beings. Well, we have a more spiritual world than we had uh, 50 years ago, too. Yes, and, we do. And um, so, you know, there's been a big shift in the last 20 years, an enormous shift in the last 20 years. And so, um, you know, they are coming into a world where they feel uh, is right for them. And we came into the world that was right for us. And and uh, 50 years from now, it will be different. And uh, those people and they'll have, be, yeah. you know, they'll have the influence that they need. So they'll be shaking is, their heads saying, what uh, about the kids these days? And you have to remember, everything is in perfect balance. Everything is exactly the way it's meant to be and supposed to be. And people are living what they need to live to progress. And, and it isn't up to us to make judgments on it. It's just to, uh, all we need to do is make sure that we enjoy the challenges we gave ourselves and, and to make sure that our life is progressing. Oh, I like the, the thought of enjoying it. You know, yeah. enjo we're supposed to enjoy it. Yeah. I love Rumi who says, you know, the soul is here for its own joy. Yes, absolutely. So what's in your pipeline now? Uh, what, what's happening? What are you, in, are you writing a new book, Betsy? Yes, what's I'm writing on? a new book. I, 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 um, it won't, I don't know when it will be out, but it's uh, the third in the trilogy of, um, and it's called Walking Toward Wisdom. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's more about this, uh, the journey that, that Jesus had when he was traveling and, um, who he ran into and the influence they had on him and, uh, going into seclusion and what that was all about for him and what he learned from doing so and how he shared what he learned with other people. Lovely. When you get it finished, you get, let me know and we'll, we'll get you back on here. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. What We're right up to the wall again. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Betsy? Well, I'd like to tell them to train their children as soon as possible that they are capable of directing their own journey. After all, they thought the journey up. So give them the freedom to be themselves. They know what is realistic to achieve and what is not. Respect what they do well. Believe in their abilities and their ambitions. And what more can you give your child because... If the child appreciates his energy and finds pleasure in his existence, he has everything. Absolutely. 
Next week's guest is Dr. Gloria Horsley, who's going to be talking about handling grief during the holidays. So if you're bereaved or you're close to someone who's bereaved, this show can be of incredible, great help to you. Betsy, thank you so much. As always, it's just wonderful having you on the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you. Again, I just say they can, they can reach me by going to BetsyThompson.com. That's all. I just want to, they can order the I book. apologize for that. That's okay. BetsyThompson.com. Please go and look at her website. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show saying thank you for being with us today and come back again next week when we have Dr. Gloria Horsley. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.